game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. On the right wing, it is Hyman coming in, goes to the right wing corner. Now in behind the net, he'll get it out in the shot. Scores! Connor McDavid! One-timer, that one past Ingram. The floodgates wide open here in the third period. It's 8-1 Edmonton. Well, that is the icing on the cake tonight. Connor McDavid with his 24th of the season, his second of the game. And the Edmonton Oilers pound the Arizona Coyotes 8-2 this evening at Rogers Place. The Oilers move to 15-12 on the season. The Coyotes are now 7-13-4. So McDavid, uh, kind of a quiet four-point game, I guess. Uh, two goals and two assists. Nugent Hopkins had two goals, 10 and assists. Kyler Yamamoto, a couple of assists. Klim, uh, Klim Costin had a goal and an assist. That's a Gordie Howe hat trick for Costin. Also got in a fight with Zach Cassian late in the game. The Oilers roll tonight. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Rob, if both these teams are rested and at 100%, the Oilers should win those games the large majority of the time. And certainly Arizona coming in after 14 consecutive road games. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I mean, just pretty much all Edmonton tonight. Yeah, the only way that this game was going to be close as it went on is if the Coyotes would get some breaks early and their goaltender would have to stand on his head. And then all of a sudden they'd have some energy through the second and third periods. But when Derek Ryan scored his goal, the, the Arizona Coyotes started all right. The first five, seven minutes, they had a couple good chances. They had some good offensive zone time. They didn't capitalize. The Oilers get a goal, and then they get the Derek Ryan goal, and all of a sudden, the roof just caved in for the Coyotes as they just had nothing come the second period. And I don't believe they got their first shot till 11 minutes into the third period. So uh, it was a tough night. Uh, fatigue took over, and it was just a matter of getting the game done and over with for both teams. Uh, it was just one of those ones where uh, the game's outcome was decided probably 20 minutes in and both teams at that point were saying all right who do we have next but uh, it was a nice night for the Oilers a lot of players had positive nights I was just saying upstairs to Bob that every player except two on the Oilers was plus in this game which means that everyone contributed at some point offensively uh, their goaltender had a nice night and it's a confidence builder going forward all right, so 8-2 is the final in favor of the Oilers. Of course, the Japanese Village goal light is on on 630Ched.com. Head there now, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca. Stuart Skinner gets the win. Relatively quiet night for him. Stopped 16 out of 18. Did uh, make some good saves along the way. Stopped the breakaway in the third period. Connor Ingram was the goaltender for Arizona. He makes 27 saves on 35 shots. The Oilers were 2 for 5 on the power play. Arizona was 0 for 2. I mean, you can go through on and on the stats. I mean, the most goals the Oilers have scored in a game this season, and they uh, they roll to the victory. Clem uh, Costin gets a goal, second mm -hmm. of the season, got an assist, and he gets... I, 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 
I don't know if I would have picked him to be the one who might fight Zach Cassian tonight if it came to that, but I, I thought he did pretty well. Yeah, he did. Uh, it was uh, one of those where he took three cross checks to the back of the head before he was able to turn around and drop his gloves. Uh, you knew it was coming. Costin uh, went after uh, Keller, the, the most skilled player for the Arizona Coyotes, and at that point in the way that this game was going and the way the score was, someone was going to have to answer on the Coyote bench, and Cassian's done it before for the Edmonton Oilers, and I think Costin was expecting or at least not surprised that uh, someone came over the boards and came towards him and good on Costin. It's funny, I got two different buddies text me tonight. They're going out to buy Costin's jerseys right now. They love what the, what he brings. <laughs> and again, the Oilers, there's been a lot of talk about their bottom six this year. Uh, there's not a lot of physicality uh, in their bottom six, and at times there's not a lot of offensive production. Uh, Costin, one thing he's been ever since he's been with the others is he has been a, a constant in the physical part of the game he he gets involved he's he's very solid uh he goes through guys he's not afraid to, uh, afraid of anyone he doesn't back down and that's two goals now i believe since he's been here in a very short time so uh his line and and again take it for what it is it was against a a, a bad bad and tire, tired coyote team his line was very good in this hockey game tonight which is a confidence builder going forward for them Clem Costins, our fourth star of the game for Jandell Homes, Alberta's premier modular home retail. The three starlers, uh, three stars in order: McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, and Derek Ryan, who uh, scored a goal in this game, also had an assist. Uh, Ryan was good. I mean, he and Costin, uh, a good game. They teamed up for the the Ryan goal, uh, just getting the puck in deep. Ryan outbattled a player, went in on a breakaway, and scored. Uh, it, it's funny you. When you get a couple games in a row with the same linemate, especially if you're in the bottom six, you, you try you try to develop some chemistry, and you talk a lot on the bench. When you get your shifts, you want to capitalize. They were able to do that tonight. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Appeared in a game that was in control and limited the chances from what he called the box, the, the slot area tonight. With all the eight goals, is that what you were more excited about, the fact that you didn't give up much? Yeah, well, you know what? I think... Um yeah, we didn't give up a lot. I thought we started well. Um, I thought our special teams were good. Uh, our goaltending was good. Um, for me, you know, heading into that third period, we were in control, and uh, we wanted to build on what we laid down in, in the Montreal game when we were up by one. We talked about establishing and continuing to grow an identity. Um, you know, it hasn't it hasn't all come together as quick as we wanted to, um, you know, in this young part of the, our, our season. Um, but I do believe that we're getting better specifically in this last last stretch. And we've weathered some injuries. We're starting to return some guys that are really making an impact on on uh, the game and our lineup. And um, I also think with us returning some healthy bodies, uh, it's getting competitive for ice time. Uh, it's not just automatic that people are going in. We're sitting people out, and I think uh, that's healthy when there's that type of competition. Because of the injuries and other things, you've moved a lot of the lines, but you kept that Cost and Ryan Shore line together now for a few games and paid off tonight with some goals. What have you liked about that trio? Well, I think Kleem uh, um, is a big body. Uh, he's a good four checker uh, when he plays to a certain formula I think he's very effective uh, and I think simplicity is his formula for success um, being physical 
being straight ahead, straight line. Um, you know, he's he's been a good addition uh, to our team, I think. And um, so credit to him since he's come in. I think uh, Derek Ryan is um, intelligent. Uh, he's above pucks. Uh, he knows how to play the game the proper way. Um, he's a right-handed face-off option. And, and Shore is someone who I think also has a, has a good hockey IQ. He understands how we have to play. Um, they've been pretty solid defensively. And, um, you know, I think they complement each other. They have a form of chemistry, and, and that's why we wanted to keep them together tonight. Jay, did you feel like this was the uh, kind of the best game from your forwards? I'm talking about like 1 through 12 that everyone kind of contributed tonight. First of all, how are you feeling? Better. Yeah? You're back to full health? I am, yeah. Okay, good. Um, I would say um, it's one of our best games. I think we've, you know, it was nice to see each line kind of get on the, the score sheet and stuff like that, but I, we've played some good games here, specifically in the last last while. But, um, you know, even in some of the tight games that we've played, I think are, we've gotten contributions through our four lines, but something to build on for sure. And uh, to see some quote-unquote unusual suspects get on the scoreboard, I think it's good for their own personal self-confidence. Do you, do you feel like each line kind of needs its own identity? Is that, does that help with this team? Kind of sure. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think, uh, you know, um, I think for players to have a foundation to go to, it's important because you're not going to have games like this every night. And it's important not to just measure a successful game on whether or not you had six shots on net or whether or not you got on the scoreboard. I think there's other ways to help a team win. Um, and for the coaching staff, it's important to clarify that. It's important to celebrate some of the small, little, and subtle things that go into winning, and we're trying to do that. 22 minutes for uh, Evan Bouchard here tonight. What, what did you think of his, his play tonight, uh, bouncing back from, from... Yeah, I thought he made some real nice plays with the puck. I thought... Uh, um, you know that we like a lot of that that pair in in that young pair with Broberg and and him. You know he uh, I thought he looked dangerous with the puck and you know he defended pretty good. Costin, uh, you know with a scrap here, maybe not something that he's he's going to do all the time. But is it is it good for the group to have a guy in in that moment that'll answer that way? Yeah, and you know I don't think he it was at the end of the game. He's we're finishing out the game the way it happened. It the way it happened. He stuck up for himself, and I think that's important. I think um, when you do that, people notice around the league. And uh, you know he's a big man, and and you know he he stuck up for himself. With respect to load management, how valuable is a night like tonight where you see McDavid and Dreisaitl well under 20 minutes and, and maybe you're able to do that because of how other players were playing tonight? Yeah. Um, you know, we talked a lot over the last 48 hours about the Washington game and, and, and we beat that one up pretty good, but uh, both in the coaches' room and in here. Um, but, but I would say one of the things that we didn't love about that game was we didn't love the way we skated. And, uh, you know, whether that's a factor of the travel, of the schedule, any, any of that, the, the fact of the matter is sometimes it's hard to pour from an empty cup. And yesterday was about 
kind of refilling that cup uh, or that energy reservoir. And then tonight, the way the game played out, it allowed us to spread the minutes out. And, um, you know, we found a win. Jay, the last two years where I knew John Hopkins' 5-on-5 production wasn't where he's wanted. He's already got as many goals this year, seven, as he had all of the last two years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, 12 goals overall. What have you seen the difference in him 5-on-5 five five specifically this year offensively compared to the last two? Yeah. Uh, first of all, I'm proud of that, that, uh, that he's had that kind of uh, result. We had some good chats in training camp. Uh, with the coaching staff and with Ryan in terms of expectations. I thought he had a really good camp, and uh, he has that look about him. Uh, you can Some guys, the killer instinct or the eye of the tiger, whatever you want to call it, he has a... Um, um, He's put an import on that type of production. And, um, you know, for Nuge, obviously, he's celebrated in this city for the impact that he's had on on the organization and, and, and the city as a whole. Uh, but he's a very important person in our dressing room that I don't think gets talked about enough. We've heard about the team uh, placing, you know, almost more value on the process than the result. And, and sort of in the context of losses, I wonder when you have a, a big win like tonight, uh, you know, how you feel that same theory, I guess. Well, the medicine is the same. Uh, we go to work tomorrow morning. We, we take pride in, in putting the work in and making sure we're making good decisions uh, to make, make sure that we're ready to play against uh, Minnesota. Um, so, you know, we don't adjust uh, based on a big win or, uh, or if we've l let one go that, that we wanted to have back. Um, you know, we, we put our noses to the grindstone and, and go to work. I think you're talking about results and process, but I think in, on our New York trip I, after the game, uh, I don't know if it was Gene's question or not, but we talked about how we really liked that 50-shot performance we put on the Islanders that night, and we didn't end up on the right side of the, the scoreboard. But one of the things we talked about was how sometimes um, results uh, lag behind performance, and uh, we believe in that. And that goes to process, and I think since that game, the team's 5-2. and two. Jay, uh, Jesse Pugliarvi did an interview with a reporter back in Finland where he was, I mean, clearly his confidence is a bit of a struggle right now. He's beating himself up pretty good. I wonder how much of that you saw and, and you know, what you think when you hear one of your players talking about his own game in that way. Well, um, you know, I was made aware of that. I haven't read it. And, you know, sometimes things in translation don't always come across. So um, I don't know the whole story on that. But what I would say is is that confidence, I, I believe, is not something you necessarily start out with. It, it, it's something that's earned through a lot of uh, hard work and preparation. And I know that Jesse's putting in that hard work and preparation. He's a... Um, He's somebody who comes to the rink and and loves the game, and he works. Uh, it hasn't gone in for him. So hearing that, um, you know, uh, I didn't love hearing that because I want all of our players confident. And um, you know, there's you know there's ebbs and flows in an 82 game schedule. Um, but what we're focusing on with Jesse is giving him uh, the tools he needs to feel confident.
And sometimes that happens in a video room. Sometimes that happens uh, on the ice in practice, uh, working on specific skills or rehearsing certain moments. Uh, but in the end, uh, he's a valued member of our team, somebody who's much appreciated. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. We don't just measure his game and in, in how many goals he has through through 27 games. We we measure if he's taking a good shift, um, if he's affecting things on a power play, and uh, if he's being physical and using the the frame that he's been given. So, um, you know, we're helping him through that process, and he's not the first person in this league uh, to go through it. And the good part is, I know that it's in there and it'll come out. Good, thanks, guys. Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after an 8-2 thumping of the Arizona Coyotes tonight. The Oilers fill on the net for James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They give $100 for every Oilers goal to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. The total for the season now $9,700. And, of course, the teddy bear toss game for the Edmonton Oil Kings is Saturday against Red Deer Saturday at 7. Tomorrow is Santa's Day here on 6.30, Ched. We're all going to be doing our shows from the depot. I'll be there for Inside Sports from 6 to 8, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Studio 99. He was asked the Pugliarvi question yep. at the end. We talked a little bit about the translated quotes before the show. Um, where, where, I mean, when you hear an athlete say that, granted, and, and okay, I, I realize Jay's saying maybe some things are lost in translation. I, I think the message of Pugliarvi saying, man, oh, man, I'm, I'm having a tough time is probably, uh, you know, generally accurate. What do you make of all that? Well, again, there's a number of players every day that are going through exactly what Yessi is on every team. And there's players here in Edmonton this year that have gone through the same thing questioning themselves, questioning their role, are they capable of doing the role. Uh, it's it's a tough league and on every team there's about four or five guys that their uh, lifetime in the NHL is always on an even platform or going up. Everyone else is a roller coaster. Uh, there's very few players that don't have ups and downs and uh, most of the players keep it internal or they have uh, friends, relatives, dad, mom, someone else to talk to about it. Uh, when it goes public, it just it just opens up uh, more scrutiny. It opens up everybody watching more, paying attention more, and, and the media will start asking more questions. And that's the last thing that Yessi wants. When you're struggling, you don't want to talk about it. You just want to go out in the ice and try to fix it that way. So it's tough for him. And I, I heard you talking to John Shannon. I do believe uh, it would be... I'm just thinking in my... If my case, if I was struggling when I was playing in Pittsburgh, I could call my father or my dad could come down and visit my mom. But if I was struggling in a different country where I didn't speak the language as well and the closest person that I would consider uh, a tight confidant, confidant was across an ocean, it'd be that much tougher. So uh, it has not been a, a good year for Yessi. The expectations for Yessi are huge because of where he was drafted. And the players he played with and against, and the, and the guys that were his linemates went on to be stars in the NHL. I think, yes, he's got to look past the fact that he was taken fourth overall. The fans and the media have got to look past the fact that he was taken fourth overall. He's not that player. Yes, he could have a nice career as a, a third-line guy that goes out, and he's big, and he's physical, and 
Maybe he can find a way to add penalty killing into his repertoire, something along that line. But for him to be a top six, it, it, it's not happening in Edmonton because there's players now that are passing him. They were way further down the depth chart. So you just feel for the guy. You hope that he comes out of it. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's got to simplify his game. If I were him, find a video of all the goals you scored over the last couple of years. Take it home and watch it. Feel good about yourself. And then tomorrow morning, watch it again. Come to the rink, smile, and remembering how good you've been in this league. And the fact that you have a... I mean, right now, he's got. A, every time he comes to the rink, he knows he's playing. There's a lot of guys in the Edmonton Oilers right now that don't know that. 8-2, the Oilers beat the Coyotes tonight. You can get, in hold on the, get a, a hold of us on the CertainTeed hotline, 780-496-0063. CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed pro all the way. We have goalie Greg on the line. Greg, go ahead. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Hey, so I just want to say I'm a little disappointed tonight because my wife put olives on her donair, but that's none here nor there. So, um, wow, but, uh, that's harsh, man. <laughs> I know. Is that divorceable? Black I'm not green? sure. Uh, black. You don't yeah. like black black olives on no, pizza? No, I have to good. agree with. I gotta agree with you. I mean, you don't put olives on anything. Yeah, I agree with you. I told them to keep it out of the olives same bag as my donair, but whatever. Nice, actually. Um, so on a serious note, guys. Um, I find with this Oilers team, it's kind of getting towards uh, kind of like football, you know what I mean? Whereas, uh, you know, if they win the turnover battle or, or, you know, they have less turnovers than the other team, they they end up winning the game. And I was trying to f find some stats before I called in, but I couldn't find a lot. But uh, around the league, I was just looking at, like, the turnovers per team. Yeah, there's some good teams with lots of turnovers. But that being said, you know, the teams that with the least amount of turnovers during a game tend to end up winning most of the time. So I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on that and how do you think we can clean that up a little bit well a couple things on turnovers too if you ever go through giveaways at the end of the season the players that lead them are usually the best players in the world so the team that has the puck more in a game they seem to have more turnovers because they have more opportunity to do it uh, I think when you watch games there's a few things that come in the team with the better goalie usually wins the team that is more disciplined usually wins and the team that their mistakes are smaller because everyone every team's making mistakes just don't make the five alarm ones and tonight the Arizona Coyotes made a number of those and the Oilers capitalized on it so as far as turnovers it's part of the game you want to limit them as much as you can don't put yourself in a risk reward situation where your risk all of a sudden turns into a reward for the other team the others, uh, they're always going to make mistakes. Uh, they just have a team right now and a couple of stars that have the ability to outscore those mistakes. Well, Arizona, what, at least three turnovers that I can think of off the top of my head? At Leading least. To, like that led to goals. Sorry, yeah. that led to goals. Well, ones where they had complete control with no pressure right. and turned the puck over. Those ones hurt. Um, this is a, Arizona is a team that's going to be near the bottom of the standings when it's all said and done. And they're also throwing the fact they've been on the road for 14 straight games. This was a game that the Oilers should win. And this is a game that the Oilers should win by a lot. And they did that. 8-2 the final. Colin is also a winner tonight of Set the Line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. The over-under was 5.5. Zach Cassian's points plus hits 
Zero points, three hits, so Colin gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. More post-game reaction coming from the Oilers dressing room. Jordan and Keenan are up next on the Certainty Hotline. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1-0 Edmonton here in the first. 8.40, gone in the opening period. Pinching in from the point was Nemeth, but he got drilled along the left-wing boards. All right, there's our crunch of the game for Cougar Payton Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years and counting the Oilers crunch the Coyotes tonight. 8-2 is... The final, McDavid, four points. Nugent Hopkins, three points. A few guys, two points each as the Oilers go up to 15 and 12 on the season. Yeah, it was a night that uh, we were expecting them to have a, a, a good game, a response from the Washington game, uh, and I think everyone on the team responded very well. 780-496-0063. We have Jordan standing by. Hey, Jordan, go ahead. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. That's good. Uh, you know, I thought the, the Oilers played a good game tonight. You know what? All uh, all uh, lines were on deck. and But I'm curious to get you guys' thoughts on uh, Jake, Jake Chikrin. You know, I, all the Oilers fans seem to, to want to take him. Like, what, what do you guys think? I kind of thought he got lit up tonight. Obviously, he's on a bad team. Like, do you think he would benefit our team, or do you think the Oilers, Oilers go for a different guy? Um... Chikrin is a good hockey player. He has a great shot. Yeah, he's he a was very... mad at himself when he missed the net on that yeah, one. I know. Uh, he's very good. I, it, the thing is, the Arizona Coyotes are going to be asking for an awful lot for Chikrin. So I think it'll come down to uh, if the Oilers have enough of what Arizona wants uh, when they eventually move him. He is being moved. Whatever team he goes to is going to be better because of him. But it's just whatever the cost is you got to weigh that with what you're getting from from him he, he would help the oilers as he would help just about any team in the national hockey league yeah i mean he's definitely uh, a very good player obviously he missed the um uh start of this season he's only been back a few games here um He's almost a point of game. He's almost a point of game. Yeah. I, I mean, some of his stats are probably going to be, you know, plus minus or the course or whatever are probably going to be affected by the quality of the team that he yeah. plays on. Um, I, I guess the question would be is, now, part of having a good defense is having a good offense. If you have mm -hmm. the puck in the other team's end, do the Oilers, okay, would he bump Broberg out? Would he bump Kulak out or down? Would he be the type of defender that the Oilers ultimately need? Well, that's another case, but he's a stronger player than, than both Kulak and Broberg right now in their careers. Uh, that's, that's easy to say. Um, is the, he the type of player that they need? The Oilers, I, I believe, need toughness on their back end. I think they need someone that's mean, mean to play against, someone that's a little nasty. We saw last year the Colorado Avalanche, they picked up the, the defenseman from... And I Manson. Oh, Manson, yeah. And Manson, uh, he, he's got some nastiness to him. And that's what they wanted for a long playoff run. And obviously it paid dividends. Chikrin is good. And he would certainly be in the Oilers' top three defensemen if he came here. It's just what's it going to cost you to get him? Arizona's asking for a lot. And there's going to be a lot of teams that are out there that are interested. So it's it's one of those things where just because the Oilers could use someone or need someone, it's not no 
uh, slam dunk they're going to get them. And there's other areas that the Oilers need help in. I do believe the Oilers need uh, a, a mean defenseman. And I'm sure that they'd love to have a little toughness or nastiness in their bottom six. That'll be our quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. 8-2, the Oilers knock off Jacob Chikrin and the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Game four of this four-game homestand will be against Minnesota on Friday, and then they are in Minnesota on Monday, a uh, back-to-back and three meetings against the Wild in the first 12 days of December. Let's check the scoreboard. For Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals, visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Uh, in the third period, Rangers beating the Golden Knights 5-1, Sharks up 5-4 on the Canucks. The Flames get a win 5-3 over the Wild. Sabres, five goals from Tage Thompson, 9-4 win against the Blue Jackets. Capitals knock off the Flyers 4-1. Bruins shut out the Avalanche 4-0. And here is Coyotes GM Bill Armstrong earlier today on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer you know, he's garnered, trading Jacob Chikrin. You know, he's garnered a lot of interest. And, uh, you know, we, we, you know, obviously would, uh, what's, you know, we have a, you know, I guess a priority to get, to get you know, first-rounders for Jacob, and we're sticking to that. And that's that's been uh, one of the things that we've uh, kind of, you know, asked for. And, uh, you know, Jacob uh, has been coming to the lineup. He's played great. He's, he's, he's been really a force. And the last game was probably his best game that he's played. And uh, um, certainly makes our team go. He's asked to be traded. So, you know, we obviously looked into that. But we're not, what, as I always say, we're not giving him away for free. So um, it's got to work for both sides. And uh, we haven't found that right fit yet but uh, I'm sure that will come as the pressure heats up yeah I mean it's interesting <laughs> you know G- sometimes GMs will be a little bit like well we like but he's basically saying yeah we're going to trade him if we get the asking price he doesn't want to be here uh, so we'll move him I, I, yeah this is going to be he'll be one of these names to watch throughout the season he has two years left after this year on his contract 4.6 million dollars which is very affordable you know, and the Oilers could find a way to I mean, we know they're up against the cap, but you maybe you move another contract out or get a third team involved or something like that. Well, it makes a lot more sense in the Eric Carlson Carlson rumor that had been floating. Yeah, I don't. At eleven and a half million dollars, I'm like, uh, and he's got it for like four more years at eleven and a half million dollars. So no, that one makes no sense at all. Uh, I mean, I've, Joel Edmondson, we talked about him last game. That's the kind of player that the Oilers probably need on the back end. Right. Some, just nastiness. And as Jack Michaels and I have been texting back and forth, we saw the nastiness in full display when he cross-checks Hyman across the face last game. Um, and there's going to be other players that are going to become available. And it all, all depends where the Oilers are a month from now. Uh, does Broberg continue to improve? Uh, he's been very good the last few games for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Kulak, I think, has stepped forward in this last little while, throwing a little offense into his game. But I, I, I think I can say with pretty good certainty that the Oilers lineup that they have, or the, and that includes the players that should be in the lineup today, will be different come first day, first game of the, uh, of the playoffs. They will try to improve on their team. They saw last year what was needed to go on a long playoff run, and they're going to make sure they have everything available to them to try and do it again this year. So Chickering will be traded. I don't know if the Oilers have exactly what Arizona wants. Arizona's well, in the Well, they have first-rounders, and they it's do. not a rental, because you wouldn't no, I, trade I, for a rental. I would never trade for, for a first-rounder. For a first-rounder no. or two for a 24-year-old defenseman that for, you'd have for two oh, more years after this absolutely. You'd consider that, right? Oh, I would certainly. I, he, I, again, I would. he would make the Oilers better. He would be in their top three defensemen. 
He is a good defenseman. He's got a good contract. He's a young age. Uh, but the Edmonton Oilers would not be the only team bidding oh, of course. on Chikrin. There will be a lot of teams that are going to be very interested in that player. Day and two. I don't know. Does he have a no trade? I don't know that because... Well, no, he's asked to be traded. So No, but he, he he's asked to be he traded. Okay, yeah. I don't see anything on his contract. Okay, because then he could decide where he goes as well. I mean, you well, can he ask might have some input anyway, yes. right? Yeah, but, true. Yeah. All right. Uh, Oilers win 8-2-7-8-0-4-9-6-0-0-6-3. We have Keenan on the line. Hey, Keenan, go ahead. Hey, boys. How's it going? Mike Keenan yeah. here again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I got uh, two two quick questions for you guys here. Um, number one, if we want to keep uh, Costner around the whole year, where would we fit him in the lineup? And number two, if you're sorry, who? Costin? Uh, oh, Costin, he's, yeah. well, he's above a whole well, bunch of guys. So. Yeah, he, I mean, he'd yeah. be, when everyone's healthy, probably he'd be on the fourth line for sure, possibly your third line. He'll be bottom six, and he is in the lineup in the way he's played right now. Uh, I, everyone comes back, he's he's well ahead of other players. For sure. And uh, question number two, if you're Connor Bedard and Arizona wins the draft, draft lottery, would you pull an Eric Lindros? No. And refuse to go there? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Um, but, I mean, that'll be interesting. I watched him play the other day. I I came, my daughter and I came and watched the All Kings game. We Did only he watched have five points? Yeah, we only watched part of the game. My daughter only wants to stay so long. Sure, as soon as I leave, he gets five in the second period right. alone. <laughs> uh, he is uh, skilled incredibly skilled and tricky like he did with his hands he would make plays that no one else on the ice saw coming uh he's going to be a very good player in the national hockey league it'll be interesting to see who wins the bedard sweepstakes the only thing i found out he, he's not big he's a small kid but an incredibly talented yeah. one and i mean he could be he could be a player that has more goals and assists in a season he got, he's got a shot yeah Although the game that well, okay, I think he had five assists. Uh, yo, I know. I'm <laughs> just you know like one of those one of those maybe not more but closer in numbers, yeah. right? More of a he's, balance, right? He's a he's a talented, talented hockey player. That uh, there's two or three teams in the National Hockey League right now that have built their teams this year to be well, able to Chicago's. have the best <laughs> the best opportunity to get them. Yeah, who's last? I think Anaheim's last, right? Yeah, Anaheim's last overall. I mean, Columbus is having a tough year. Chicago is not. Uh, they don't win often, so yeah, there'll be some teams in in the running. And with Costin, I mean, I think now usually not. It's rare that an entire team is healthy, mm -hmm. but you know he's certainly above Hamlin, Benson, Malone. Uh, you might even would you even play him ahead of Shore, probably. Well, possibly the way he's playing. I, mean, right I guess now. it depends on positions and yeah, faceoffs and all that kind of stuff. No, he he's he's come on with a chip on his shoulder and, and he's been good. He. Uh, he understands his role, and that's the biggest thing. You, understanding your role, accepting your role, and then going out and playing that role to perfection, that's what he's doing. He simplifies the game. He's physical. He's mean. Uh, and he's got a little bit of uh, offensive confidence right now as he's got two goals in the last week. So good on him. He, uh, they also, at coaching staff, will look for chemistry in their bottom six. And right now, he and Ryan have played very well together. And another player, too, Reed, who I thought again looked good tonight was Holloway. I think he's slowly making steps forward here, uh, continuing to improve and continuing to have confidence uh, with his game. Kid drove the net tonight. Wonderful play where he drew a penalty. So there's another uh, depth player that is uh, starting to come into his own. 
All right, Oilers win at 8-2. Down to the dressing room. Here is Clem Costin. A Russian equivalent of Gordie Howe. I don't know if you know you got the Gordie Howe hat trick tonight. Yeah, I knew that there's like a goal assist and fight that it's Gordie Howe uh, hat trick. Nothing equivalent of that in Russia? I don't know what does the equivalent mean. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have the same? Like uh, yeah, 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 probably. Like yeah, we got some. Like yeah, we got we got the same in like in KHL. So how uh, I mean, how nice is it to have something like that at home? With the yeah, yeah. I was waiting this moment like uh, a lot of time. So it's a uh, like insane feeling. Uh, can't explain with my words. So like to score like in front of our fans. It's just like amazing feeling. Was that your your hand there? It, it seemed like a pretty quick fight. Was that on a helmet or was that part of the game? Or your hands. Quick? I don't know. I didn't see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just fighting. You know, like he just uh, he uh, he cross checking me like from behind and grabbed my neck. I was like, okay, so there's there's like no way to go in from from this fight. Yeah. When you, when you sort of came here from Russia, no one saw you as a guy that was going to fight a big top guy like Zach Cassian and here you are and doing pretty well are you maybe even surprised I'm yourself not, uh, you know I'm just you know, like I'm not looking for a fight I just want to play hockey I just want to enjoy the hockey so but if fights come and I'm not going away so <laughs> yeah. Clean, uh, fights aside, is that kind of the way you want to play? You know, being, I'm not talking about even the offense, just the way you kind of controlled your, the play in the offense as well and board check and things of that nature. Is that the way you want to play up front? Yeah, like, you know, like coach has said to me, like, they just want to see, like, uh, physical power forward, you know, like, kind of like bring puck to the net, be hard on the puck. It doesn't mean, like, uh, you know, hit everybody in fighting, but just, you know, like, be simple and then try try to to help a team. It's funny listening to him when he's trying to say equivalent. I don't know what that means. It's like when I listen when I talk with Jack Michaels and he uses all those big words. I felt the exact same way. I don't understand Jack. That's a big word. But how it's funny. I've got all my buddies texting me after watching him play today. They're like falling in love with this guy. Oh my God! I got to get his jersey. Then you listen to his interview and you're like. Okay, now this kid is cool. Like, I, I just want to play hockey and have fun. Fight coming to me, I'm there for it. So, uh, good on him. Uh, he's going to have a following here if he continues to play that way. And the style he's playing is the exact style that the Oilers need in their bottom six. He understands it. He said, the coaches told me this is how I want to play. And he's gone out and done it. That's the proper way to be a, a role player in the National Hockey League and keep a job in the National Hockey League. This morning... There's a scrum around Brett Kulak, and I had my mic in there. And some of the, especially Gene and Ryan, have mics on kind of extenders, mm -hmm. right, in case they're ever back. And I think one of them, maybe one or both, they're actually on a hockey stick, right, and the mic's attached to the end. So I was holding my mic, Kulak's talking, and then, you know, this stick comes in over my shoulder and, you know, is pointing at Kulak, and I was like, oh, somebody's got their mic in there. And then I'm looking, there's no mic <laughs> on the end of this stick and then the scrum breaks and I turn around and Clem Costin was joking around putting the end of his <laughs> stick into the scrum pretending he was uh, you know, he was doing some reporting. You know what he sounds like? He sounds like a, a kid that is appreciative to be playing in the National Hockey League which is nice to see because uh, shows that he knows how fortunate he is and he's taken full advantage of the opportunity. All right. 780-496-0063. Oilers pound Arizona 8-2. 
Uh, I will apologize if I'm saying your name incorrectly. Is it Anish on the line? We're on the line. Hey, guys, uh, it's a Nick, but it's all good. How are you guys well, thanks doing thanks for calling. Hey, no worries. I have a couple of questions, actually. So my first one is big game against Minnesota on Friday. If you're, uh, if you're Woody, who are you starting? Are you going to stick with Skinner? Or are you going to try and hopefully hope that Campo starts to, start to get his groove back? And then my second question is, with, uh, with the whole situation with Jesse and with uh, that article, with what he told uh, the Finnish uh, reporters back home, I'm just wondering if you're Holland and, you're, and you have the patience to hopefully see Jesse grow his game, is there a point where you have to say, okay, it's possible we might have to trade him to a different team? And if you are Holland, who are you trading him for? And what do you think is the package would be? Okay, first of all, I want to know who you would start in goal. Uh, you know what? I would honestly write, I would honestly write the hot hand in Skinner, but I feel as well that we need to also give Campbell some. I would definitely start Skinner, but. I feel like we need to also give Campbell a chance to get his groove back on, but for now, I would go with Skinner. I, I think they're going to start Skinner. I think he gets the entire homestand. I, I think they'll start Skinner. I was surprised that Skinner played tonight. I thought Campbell would play tonight just seeing who the competition was, but I certainly believe they'll play Skinner uh, against the Minnesota Wild. As for Yessi, uh, Yessi carries a $3 million contract. They've, tr I mean, they've tried to trade him. Yes, if 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 they could move him, it would have happened in the summer. And well, if they could move him now, they would too. Well, true. Yeah, they. I mean, if there's someone, but it's a three million dollar contract right now that you're trying to move, and they want to move him not so much because they don't like Yessi, but a lot of his they need cap space, and they need cap space to fill different voids that Yessi can't fill. Um, I, I'm sure that they would love to see Yessi succeed here. Uh, but he's he's not a top six player for the Edmonton Oilers, and now you're you're you got him playing on your third line. He's not a penalty killer, so now he's a role player. That when the Oilers are healthy, he has no role. He's not a power play guy because they have Kane and they got Hyman, and Yamamoto has been ahead of him as a net front presence, and he's not a penalty killer. So that's a lot of money to pay for a guy that's only going to play on your third line without getting any specialty teams. So if they could trade him, as for what you could get for him. I, I I think it's it's a very uh, I don't think there's a whole lot coming back for Yessi Pugliarvi. Well, you might right have now. to do almost like with Cassian. You give draft picks as well to take the contract. The only, Cassian has another year left on his contract. That's why to get rid of him, you needed to get rid of two years of contract. Oh, did you not? Okay. So Yessi, you're only getting rid of this year's contract. So I don't think you'll have to give up anything to get rid of him. But I don't think you're getting anything back. And it's just that's how, that's how far he's fallen, and it's unfortunate. I, I hope he has success, I, but he's a guy right now devoid of any offensive confidence. Like it just it's just not there. Um, so you just feel for the kid. He, I think he can be an effective third line player, but he's got to, as we said before, Costin understands his role and wants to go out there and excel at his role. Yes, he. Knows what his role is, but he's upset because he's not playing top six. So that's that's tough. I mean, there's guys on this team would give to have 12, 13 minutes consistently every night for the Edmonton Oilers playing in a third or fourth line role. Oilers take it 
two over the Arizona Coyotes. Two goals tonight for this man, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. It's a team that, you know, was probably in a tough spot from a travel standpoint. A team you can take advantage of. Happy with the way you guys jumped on it? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we knew that they... Uh, they're a work-based team, and uh, we need to have the mentality of just trying to outwork them early. And thought we did a pretty good job of that, and just kind of built off it. When you look at a guy like Clean sometimes trades are made. You know, not that you're not sure who he is, but you know, you kind of get acquainted with the player. And of course, he hat trick tonight. He seemed yeah. to do whatever was necessary. What's he been like for the team? Uh, I think since he's come here, he's he's been great. Um, big body, obviously, uh, plays physical um, and can shoot the puck. Uh, Really well. So tonight, uh, seeing him get rewarded and uh, um, being able to mix it up like that at the end, I mean, obviously he's, he's got some toughness. Big kid for sure, but uh, definitely happy to see him have a good night tonight. Can I like this remedy some things just in terms of maybe some guys feeling good, putting up a good chunk of offense, not giving up a ton, just a good night that way? Yeah, I think, uh, um, first of all, I mean, we wanted to have a good uh, uh, rebound off of last game, so I think that was kind of the mindset coming in. And uh, like you said, I mean, uh, I think everybody was involved. Uh, everybody was involved offensively. Um, I thought we were pretty solid defensively for the most part. And uh, when we weren't, Stu was there to back us up. Sometimes these games can sneak up on you, uh, but you guys sort of made a point very early on of saying it's not going to be one of those things. Yeah, I mean, I, I think our mentality coming in tonight was, uh, like I said before, just uh, was going to be work-based. Uh, we wanted to outwork them early and and go from there. And um, obviously, there's there's no easy games in this league. I mean, every, every team can. Uh, win on any, any given night, so uh, we we know that coming in. Um, so I thought uh, we did a good job of managing uh, managing it and uh, playing our game. All right, that is the Nooch as the Oilers win 8-2 over the Arizona Coyotes. More time for your phone call, 780-496-0063. You'll also hear from Derek Ryan. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Stetcher gets it off the boards and out. Here's O'Brien. He'll get the puck through the middle to Hayton. He'll shoot it. Nice save by Skinner. As Barrett Hayton with a chance. All right, that is the save of the game by Stuart Skinner for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Barrett Hayton with a breakaway with about 11 minutes left in the third period. Skinner shuts the door. He made the save. Uh, he made the saves he needed to. Stopped 16 out of 18. So the Oilers allow 68 shots over the last two games. 50-1, and one, 18 tonight. Yeah, it was, it was two different games, wasn't it? Uh, there was, well... There was long stretches of, uh, he. I think he could have actually counted fans at one point tonight. There was a long time between <laughs> shots. Uh, Arizona didn't get their first shot in the third period till 11 minutes into the period. It happened to be a, a breakaway on that the one that he got. Uh, he's been good again, solid. Uh, sometimes it's nice to have one of those uh, less pressured, less stressful games that uh, everyone got to enjoy tonight. I think it's going to be a little more stressful on Friday against the Minnesota Wild, a much better hockey club, coming off a loss in Calgary. So I would expect that one to be uh, very entertaining, and they're going to need a big game out of Skinner. I checked because for the longest time, the Arizona shot total was stuck at 10 yep. in the third period. The fewest shots the Oilers have ever had against in a game is 11 on October 9th, 2001, a one nothing win over the Chicago Blackhawks. There is your random trivia. 
for the evening. Ooh, that would not have been a real exciting hockey game. <laughs> one nothing in the 11 shots on net. Well, Chicago still would have had a chance late. They, well, that is true. 780-496-0063. We have Lars standing by. Hey, Lars, go ahead. Hey, guys. Um, two quick ones, and then I'll get out of your way. <clears throat> Do you think that Skinner's ceiling is higher than Dubnik's would have been in his career? Well, oh, that's a really good. Well, Dubnik good was a first-round draft pick, and Dubnik has—he went to three All-Star games. He was up for the Vezina. Uh, Dubnik had a pretty good career, even though it didn't end well here. I, I, I well, think reason, if, if, if both players would have been drafted in the same year, it would have been no contest for the ceiling. No contest. Well, it would have been Dubnik. And the reason I—the reason I asked—I um, asked you about Dubnik probably like 10 or 12 years ago, and you were like, "Oh, he's going to be a Vezina-nominated goalie." And then when he got nominated, I'm like, "Man, this guy's." You know, a prognosticator. I was so I'm impressed. Not, I think you're giving me a little too much credit. I remember. Okay. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. So <laughs> I wondered if you saw a, a similar skill set in Skinner. I, I think Skinner can be a very good goaltender in the NHL. I th and I, I think he can be a number one. Absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, last question. How long are they going to stick with keeping them in Phoenix? Are they going to move them to Hamilton? Are we going to get them no. out of there? Oh, they're no, they're, they're in Phoenix. There. Yep. They've, they've got a five-year lease on this college arena, and they're trying to build a new rink. Yep. They're, they're, I know, I, they're pretty sh pretty soon having the vote on it, I think, on the on whether or not they build yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think they're they, going anywhere. The NHL does not want them leaving Arizona. Trust me, If there, there were some years in Glendale that if you – went to the game you would only see oiler fans at the game there yeah. was like friends and family only in the stands so if they let those if they let those seasons go with the with the coyotes and there were some coyotes teams that made the playoffs and they weren't yeah. supported very well so that that team's not leaving <laughs> that's comical and one of the guys tagged you in a tweet because we were predicting the scores tonight i had the oilers winning eight two. Oh, nice oh, amazing well, good for you, yeah. Lars. Did you do you <laughs> yeah. know what the lotto numbers are next week? I could you can pass <laughs> those on to you. me. Yeah, yeah, I'll send them to you. I'll Thank send you a can ham, Lars. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Happy holidays. 780-496-0063. Oilers win. 8-2. As Lars prognosticated. It is Brent on the line as well. Hey Brent. Hey, how's it going? Good. Hey, I just had uh, two things I wanted to comment on. There was uh Broberg. He didn't look too good the last couple of games, and uh, he looked good tonight, but that was a lesser competition. I'm not sure where he's going to stand in the, in the future moving forward, but uh, the other thing was uh, with all the talk about uh, Pogliarvi, he's been everything that we've been looking for. Uh, he's, he's leading the team in hits. He's playing hard. He's doing everything, but he's just not confident offensively. And, uh, yeah, is there any chance that, uh, as a player, that he just sticks around and understands that he's, uh, he's probably in the bottom six with a chance to contribute, or is he just going to leave us? Well, he, he, A, he, I, he's got to want to play that role. Um, he's got to embrace it. Uh, by by the, the words that he put in the paper, he's not embracing that. He, he feels as though things are not going well for him because he's not scoring. And to me, all of it is based on the fact that where he was drafted and the expectation of what he was going to be in the NHL. And he has been on the cusp a couple of times of like, oh, yeah, he's going to score, you know, 18-22, yeah. whatever. Yeah, to me, it just, I don't think he, 
I don't think his he sees the game as well as his skills. I think he's highly skilled. He's big. He's strong. He shoots. He's fast. All those. I don't think he sees the game well enough to be a top six forward in the National Hockey League. Especially now, you got to not only do you have to see the game a certain way, you have to see it faster because you're playing with Connor and Leon uh, is one of the two centermen. So uh, he becomes at the end of the season, he becomes a very expensive third-line player. He makes three million dollars to qualify him. They've got to give him a raise. Uh, for him to stay, I just I don't know if if you can spend money elsewhere differently and find a role player that comes in and embraces it. I do believe he can play in the NHL. I think he can be a, a, a good NHL player, but I think the role that he is capable of playing and the role that he wants to play might be two different things. And Broberg tonight played 16.53, got an assist, plus one. He's been... Well, he's their number six defenseman. Yeah, he's been quietly yep. doing his thing out there. Um, I mean, speaking of ceilings, I think there's, you know, it's, it's higher, obviously. I mean, you drafted him in the first round. So, you so you're hoping. Hope he's pretty darn good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Murray, they haven't decided to put Murray back in for a few games. No, I, I, I think Broberg's been fine. Well, last game in the pairing of Broberg and Bouchard, Broberg was the better of the two. So... Uh, Broberg has a, a skill set that they like. He's a big, strong guy that can skate like the win. Uh, they're going to keep continue to give him opportunities. They want him to be uh, a consistent contributing factor in this team. And uh, to me, I think he's been fine. I, he's not made. I, I don't see a lot of five alarm mistakes with him. There, I don't see the ones where you're like, oh, you can't do that, kid. Yeah, I think he is a simple game. And I think he's been effective that way. All right, Oilers take it 8-2. Derek Ryan had a goal and an assist. Here he is. Coming for your group, considering the high-powered offense skill that you have, you guys haven't really had one of these. Just kind of for you guys offensively. Yeah, there's not many games you score eight goals, whatever, how many goals we scored, so it doesn't happen very often. Um, I said in my interview before, it's scoring goals is not a problem for our group. Obviously, there's been some games where we haven't scored, but in the long term, that's not our problem. Uh, keeping pucks out of our nets, what we need to focus on. So Connor has, I think, four points, but I don't know if you can have a quiet four points, but it, it sort of seemed like that. For Connor, yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what is, is there pressure for others to score, or you just... That really isn't the case for veterans like you and, and other quote-unquote depth players. I don't think so. I, I honestly don't. I think we need contributions from everyone eventually, but night in, night out, you're not going to have your bottom six guys scoring all the time. And um, Obviously, we don't get a ton of the opportunities that uh, other guys do, so we need to make a difference in the game in other ways that don't show up on the goal sheet, the score sheet. So um, Obviously, it's nice to score. It's nice to see some go in, but I don't think it's pressure on us to score every night. I mean, we have the high-powered offense. Like I said, scoring goals is not a problem for our group. It's uh, keeping them out of our net. Think of this clean Costin uh, kid. He seems to be. Uh, Jay had kind of said there's a, there's an opening there, and he appears to realize that tonight was one of those games that it's hard to play the different styles, but he seemed to be able to take care of things in a few different fashions. Yeah, I don't know. For me personally, I, I love playing with him. He plays hard. He plays the right way. Um, he holds on to pucks in the offensive zone, neutral zone. He makes good plays. Um, obviously, Shorzy and I are pretty direct, straight line players, and it's nice to add some some size and some grit and some puck um, puck protection from him as well. So I love playing with him. Is it good for this group to just you know you know that group was tired? Just come out and leave no doubt. Like you kind of really took care of your business tonight. 
Yeah, I think so. I think it's important for us to come out and have a full 60, too. I thought we played a full 60 minutes, uh, especially that third period there where we're up a little bit going into it. Pretty mature professional period where we didn't let our feet off the gas. We just kind of stepped on it and, and kept playing. We knew they were going to take chances. We'd get our own chances if we played the right way, and I think that's what happened. All right, that is Derek Ryan as the Oilers take it to the Coyotes. 8-2 tonight. The Oilers have won five of their last seven. Get more on this game on globalnews.ca or 630 Ched.com. Next game broadcast is Friday, 5.30 face-off show. Puck drop at 7, presented by Friesen Brothers. Bob Stoffer, Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8, live from Santa's Depot. And it is uh, 6.30, Chad Santa's Anonymous Day here on our station. Uh, you, you guys always uh, step up and help out a lot. So we look forward to that tomorrow. All right. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer back at 6.30, Chad. We have been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers win at 8-2.